This podcast is a presentation of UCTV.TV, University of California Television. Like what you learn? Help others discover UCTV podcasts by leaving a comment or rating in iTunes. It's now my great pleasure uh, to call on Helena Morlin Valdez, who is the head of the Secretariat of the Climate and Clean Air Coalition of the United Nations Environmental Program. We're very pleased and honored to have Helena with us today. Thank you, California. I just arrived last night from Paris, Paris, France, that is. Uh, and I'm sorry to say that I was contributing to some of the CO2 emissions out there in the atmosphere. So we have to work on, on teletransportation or something. Tomorrow my boss will speak to you as well, Achim Steiner, from Nairobi, and he will not use an airplane but Skype. So that is one way of doing it, I guess. I'm very, very pleased to be here. Thank you to Professor Ramanathan, who is a very distinguished member of our scientific advisory panel in the Climate and Clean Air Coalition. Um, we are really inspired. I've heard the word inspiration a lot, but we also use that. We are very inspired by the spirit of what you have been talking about here in the University of California, but also in California as a whole, this go-get uh, doing spirit it's something that uh, our coalition has been inspired from, not only from the university, but also from policies, politics, uh, bold uh, decisions on climate change on one hand, but long-term air pollution, clean air, which is of course linked to climate change as well, but not necessarily. Um, we have been impressed by the political boldness, as I said, but also by institutions such as the consistent work of the California Air Resources Board. I don't know if anybody's here from, from that board, but I think that's something to celebrate as well. And of course, to celebrate what you are doing here, you talked about uh, going out in the world. I think that um, starting small, as mayor, the mayor said before, starting locally on these issues is essential. And then to scale it up at the, at the nation, national level. But most importantly, this is a global challenge. Climate change is a global challenge. And that's why we have to work together. Um, another thing, I'm personally, I, I'm an architect. How many architects do we have here in the room? Three more, welcome. So we, we are trained, we are trained to build to build environment, to build city, urban space, uh, but to build for the future as well. And I think some of our profession forget that sometimes, how everything is interconnected. You and we together can do so many things because dealing with climate change challenges and clean air, which is essential for our survival, is about interdisciplinary work. Some, it was already mentioned here. But it's also everybody's business. And I think that's the, really the nuts and bolts of, of, of this exercise of the summit as well. And I wanted to just uh, tell the story about the Climate and Clean Air Coalition to reduce short-lived climate pollutants, to make a point as well as of the importance of the work that researchers and the science actually is doing. You might not realize it, all of you, and... Mario Molina, Professor Mario Molina, Professor Ramanathan here in the room today, but also many others around the globe has contributed not only to the, the climate change challenge, but this combined effort 
of putting things together in a context. So in the beginning there was science. This is now for the, for the birth of the Climate and Clean Air Coalition. Uh, an integrated assessment looking at black carbon and tropospheric ozone, to which methane is one of the important precursors, in the context of climate forcing, contributing to climate change, and to air pollution. And the lifelong work of, of Professor Ramanathan and others uh, are the ones that helped take this forward. And I'm not going to talk to you about the science because you are much, many of you are much more able to do that than myself. But I will tell you one thing, that this kind of reports and this kind of evidence very well transmitted and presented does change policies and just help to change policies. So I think somebody mentioned, that, I think you mentioned that you have a, a work stream on, on messaging and, and behavior. I think this is really critical for, for these changes of world. This is one of the early, uh, the, an early version of this curve that to help bending the curve, which will be the topic for the rest of this summit, did move a lot of people. It's not only to work on greenhouse gases, long-term greenhouse gases and CO2 that will make a difference. Business as usual, business as usual we know is a problem and, and, and there is scientific evidence for this. But to really start to look at the impact on black, of black carbon methane and to avoid the increase of hydrofluorocarbons as well, HFCs, could actually, by demonstrating that this would indeed in the next 30 year contribute 0.6% degrees Celsius degrees to this two degree path, it's quite impressive. And the report at the time was looking at 16 very distinct measures, technology solutions, um, that would, um, if implemented fully by 2030, actually yield these results of 0.6% degrees Celsius, sorry. And the fact that we were talked about pollutants, particulate matters, or, or, or even tropospheric ozone, we talk about days, weeks, and, or a decade when it's living in the atmosphere. We are not talking about hundreds of years, thousands of years, which is, of course, the huge problem with CO2. So by working on, on a dual policy, not either or, it's really both. We need this very strong, and I think you, can, you are, or if you are not, definitely you should look into some of these measures as well as part of your carbon neutrality initiative. Quick, quick impact, quick results with multiple benefits. The World Health Organization has uh, developed a, a new version of its global burden of disease, and as a matter of fact, air pollution, both indoor and outdoor air pollution, is now one of the biggest health threats of the world. Seven million people annually uh, has, dies from premature deaths due to air pollution, and a very big amount of this percentage comes from particular matter, including black carbon. Cardiac arrests, 80%, and the rest through re respiratory or other, other diseases. Today, just today, the, the WHO released new data on car um, cancerogenic, impact of eating red meat and uh, processed meat. If you haven't seen it, it's out today. And that's also new and impressive figures to take into consideration. 30% or a third almost of the methane emission, as you know, comes from uh, livestock, enteric fermentation and manure. So that's another way of looking at it. So 
by these very impressive and very clear messages on what it would take to do certain things in certain sectors by certain times, moved a lot of very powerful uh, decision makers. Six countries, six ministers, uh, and the United Nations Environment Program launched in 2012 the Climate and Clean Air Coalition to reduce short-lived climate pollutants uh, to address specifically this challenge. And starting off with a five-year perspective, they have now expanded this to another five years. Uh, and out of the six initial countries, this was launched in Washington by Secretary um, Clinton at the time with uh, Canada, Mexico, Sweden, Bangladesh, Ghana. Um, uh, I missed one. No, these are the six, correct? And now it's a real south-north initiative with 50 countries um, from all the continents and going towards many more countries which commit by joining this coalition to take meaningful action to address and reduce these three short-lived climate pollutants, black carbon, methane, and hydrofluorocarbons. And, and it's a number of the biggest intergovernmental organizations involved as well, UNEP, UNDP Development Program, UNIDO, Industrial Development, many of the development banks, the vice president of the World Bank, uh, of the European Investment Bank, of the Nordic Bank, and many others. So it's kind of a powerhouse, really. And the reason why I mentioned this in this context, and, and I guess was invited to come here as well, is to, to put in perspective what you are doing. Because this is a, there are many opportunities of this kind of groups that are looking for the evidence and that can scale it up. Because that's really the the power of, of this movement that was referred to before. So the coalition is talk as a political leadership, action-oriented, and with many partners on the ground, really building the, the work on the fact that there is um, scientific evidence that underpins this kind of thing. I'm just going to mention a few uh, specific things that we are doing, starting with city action, because uh, the coalition's purpose, the objective of the coalition is to uh, prioritize actions that will help develop or implement policies, regulations, and practices that will change and reduce short-lived climate pollutants in a short or medium term. And this is being done a lot through peer-to-peer, uh, -peer, but also through very specific intervention and technology demonstrations. And on, on the city side, we are working on municipal solid waste, for example. San Diego and San Francisco are both mentor cities to others in this uh, area. And, and your mayor just outlined very clearly to me why. I, I wasn't aware of the big picture, but that was very useful for me to hear as well. Uh, so uh, San Diego was in Cali, city of uh, Cali in Colombia, just earlier this year, uh, developing together um, uh, a strategy and a plan, action plan for the city, including with a, a mechanical biological treatment facility as one of the objectives to establish in, in Cali. We have now 50 cities working together in this endeavor, and there is a commitment aiming towards engagement of 1,000 cities by 2020. We are also working on technology demonstrations, taking some of the, the specific um, solutions that was outlined to a laboratory of actually testing them. So we are working with the oil and gas industry, for example, in a methane partnership with companies signing up to uh, individually survey nine core sources of methane leakage 
and, and to report on the, on the results, which is a very big step for, for the companies to actually do that. And we are also working on, uh, with two technology demonstrations on how to recover hydro, hydrocarbon liquids before they become flared to avoid the flaring and the black carbon that results from this. One in Colombia, one in, 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 uh, in Mexico. And this is to actually measure the real results because a lot is, uh, it's very, as you know, and this is why we also need to work more with you and with the, with the researchers, there, we need more research, we need more data, we no, need better metrics to actually be able to feed all this back into real investment plans and, and, and benefits. We're also working on technology demonstrations uh, in the cold, uh, commercial cold chain, uh, in a supermarket chain in Chile, in the cold climate, and in Jordan, in hot climate. And we're just going to start in India to work with uh, 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 mobile um, air conditioning systems to test alternatives to HFC. And this is, of course, a big issue, and, and the United States ha has also really put uh, a lot of effort behind this kind of efforts, which is very helpful. And cities and local action is essential. Uh, individual action and behavior is essential. But in the end, what drives a lot of investment is actually political and policies from a national scale. So what we are trying to do as well as a coalition with our 50, 49 country partners and influencing others as we go along is to really start systematic inventories and scenario building on how short-lived climate pollutants such as black carbon, methane, hydrofluorocarbons, and many of the other gases do impact on their economy, impact on health, on agriculture and crop yields, and at the same time to see the volume of this, uh, where they come from, the sources, the core sources where they come from, the power plants, the, the waste management, the brick kiln, uh, uh, traditional brick kilns, cook stoves, heat stoves, etc., burning of biomass. And we have developed a toolkit to do so with the help of the US uh, EPA and also the Stockholm Environment Institute, and it's being rolled out now in six countries for the time being and moving towards another uh, uh, eight countries. Again, data and evidence and is what will build also these national uh, policies. And the scaling up of, of private sector engagement, which was mentioned before, is really another very important ingredient in making it happen. And then again, to build the business cases, uh, return on investment, and at the same time build a reputation of being environmentally responsible, it's something that can only be done in a kind of a global, uh, global community where, where this is shared. So, way forward, well, Paris, many of you, of course, knows that the 21st conference of the parties of the United Nations uh, Climate Change Convention meets the first two weeks uh, this year in Paris. They meet every year in December, and during the rest of the year, a lot of negotiation is taking place to create a, 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 an aggressive and, and, and useful agreement across all these 115, um, sorry, 215 countries that participate in this. And this year, um, there is also, uh, in addition to the agreement among countries that is still being teased out, and the question is if it will be a binding agreement or how, how how ambitious will it be? And tomorrow, my, uh, Achim Steiner will speak a little bit more about this. There is also something referred to as the Lima Paris Action Agenda, which is additional action by private sector 
NGO, non-governmental organizations, cities and subnational entities, such as California, and the governor Brown is very much involved in this as well. How much additional action can be made? And my time is now out, so I would just say a few more words. So what we are doing for, for the first time, and thanks to efforts such as yours and with the Climate and Clean Air Coalition, we have now gotten the short-lived climate pollutants, looking at both the clean air aspect and the emission of these short-lived pollutants, part of the agenda. And this is part of the Lima Paris Action Agenda. And some of the bigger commitments is about HFC phase-down and alternatives. It's about green, I'm not going to speak about it, but we can talk about it offline because it's also about energy efficiency and, and freezing less in these rooms. I really, I always have a difficulty going to hot places because you're very warm outside and then you're freezing to death. I'm freezing right now inside. So that's part of the HFC equation, I guess. Uh, green freight, again, how do we move goods from one place to another without uh, polluting too much and how, what's the commitment by the companies? <coughs> And then again, this oil and gas methane partnership. We have seven companies right now uh, serving and reporting on their missions, and we are looking for many more. And the, the force of the, of the many is what we hope will, will lead us to this. And finally, to get more cities engaged in the, in the city, city municipal solid waste initiative. And as you were mentioning, for even organizing this forum, there is a, a, the need of, of collaborative action. And for that purpose, the private sector engagement in the coalition and beyond now is, is growing. And it's the visibility of the efforts that also, as well as the policy push to actually do something that will make this happen. Um, these are just a few of the companies that we are working with. But finally, it's really with you. And I, that was my key message now today. So all of this is really based on what we know and what we can demonstrate. And the only way of being forceful and, 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 and really make a change in the long run is to be able to build it up through evidence, through research, through interdisciplinary uh, activities. So it's an invitation also for you to participate more and share through this kind of coalition to make your efforts uh, globally known putting short-lived climate pollutants on the academic agenda, more literature, that's what we need. And IPCC will have something to look at next time for the next six assessment reports uh, that might actually change some of these results. So thanks a lot, and we let's bend the curve together. Thanks. You've been listening to a podcast by University of California Television. For more information about this program or UCTV, visit us online at uctv.tv.